What's going on, everybody? You've got the cardboard coaches here with your boy, Coach Coat. I am the cartel of the sports cards. I still need a haircut, and I can use some penny sleeves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, penny sleeves, top loaders. Uh, I mean, card I'm, I'm actually pretty decent with card savers. I'll be real with you. Yeah, I paid my, uh, you know, $75, and uh, I suppose I'm all right for now. Yeah, and uh, if only when we sent in subs, we got them back, that'd be pretty nice. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> one, one has to wonder what they do with those. That's true. They probably have a nice little stash somewhere. I know that whenever we were at the expo um, tossing in cards to Beckett for the raw card review, a lot of people be like, wait a minute, I just gave them like a dozen cards in one touches and uh, those are gone now. So uh, yeah, they probably have a nice little stash, nice little side business when, uh, whenever the mounds of grading gets slow, that, that never happens. But oh, ever. yeah, they got a nice little side, side hustle, shining up your one touches and top loaders, resealing them. Am I the only one who, who every time they get uh, the mags, the one touches, they're always scratched up? That's the worst, man. Or uh, I don't think I've ever seen a clean mag, to be honest. Or when you get a bag of the the, the penny sleeves and they're bent. Oh man! Side or the scratches on the top loaders, all the various quality control issues that the card companies themselves are not impervious to. But yeah, no, that's weird. You're always getting scratches on your one touches, eh? I'm pretty sure I tried the other day to clean one of them, much like a slab, with the uh, you know with the polish, and it didn't yeah. go. I'm telling you, and it's uh, it's it's fine for like everyday cards, like a patch or something. But like, if you throw anything with chrome on it, it looks like shit. Yeah, yeah. it looks like the scratches are on it. And forget and about you, scanning it or taking a picture of it. Gets yeah, even no, worse. It's not, it's not worth it. Team, we are digressing. Yesterday was an absolutely massive day for sports card sales, as we've come to to realize. Anytime a golden auction ends, it is like the next day. If, Filled with headlines, so much so that the score has now started sending out alerts for when sports cards are sold. That is, I've had so many people over the last three, four days send me screenshots of the Brady, which we will be talking about. Um, but also of that massive Kobe yesterday, dude, a pristine 10 refractor and uh, man. I think that card six months ago was, I mean, I don't know how many pristine tens have been sold, but it couldn't have been more than like 50 K and it was sold for $1.875 million. Yeah. Yeah. With the, uh, you know, with, with the cards that are out there that are in those low populations, three or four hanging out, uh, it's going to be the issue of what's, what's, what's put away in a private collection under lock and key, what what is going to be available on the market, and I think a, a sense of uh, excitement, urgency, panic, whatever you want to call it, will take place when one finally hits the market. And I think there was even potentially even bigger expectations for that card in terms of hitting two million dollars. I myself still have to spend a little bit of time today, you know, checking out some of the feedback from some of the people that follow these things a little bit closer. Uh, there were apparently problems with the server last night. Um, 
just because of the overwhelming uh, demand. Uh, some people were upset about that, figuring that you've got to be prepared for that sort of thing. That part of the technical end of the world, I'm not prepared to criticize anyone because I just don't have the knowledge yeah. uh, to, to, to do that. But I would imagine, you know, that could come at, come into play if people are trying to place bids. There, there was someone mentioning they tried to place a bid on a LeBron and they weren't able to get it in. So you got to wonder about that uh, technical element when it comes to selling cards uh, in that format on the internet. It but would. it just goes to show you, Brendan, like you mentioned with the score, it really speaks to like uh, everything's kind of, you know, kind of falls in on itself when it comes to sports because we're playing fantasy. Uh, we've got a fantasy hockey league going on. And essentially when you're building a portfolio as a collector, as an investor, even as a, a combination of an investor, dealer, collector, you're building a portfolio that kind of reflects the players that you believe in, that you enjoy. And there's also that element of gambling, as we spoke about previously, we're, we're, we're always placing bets. I'm pretty sure. Uh, have you placed some bets on sports this past week? I certainly have. The UFC was last night. I made some uh, money on the light heavyweight champion while everyone else was going one way. I went the other way. And so all those elements come into play with, with these auctions. I think that's incredibly cool. I wasn't aware of that, but you know, having a ticker somewhere the same way we have sports scores is, is brilliant. Yeah, they, they've been sending them out, man. And uh, the Kobe was the 10th highest uh, sports card ever sold, which is, again, pretty wild. Like, I feel like every day we're seeing new new records being broken. The Luca that was sold earlier in the week sold for like $4.3 I believe, by uh, Shine150, a name that we are starting to see is very prominent in sports card collecting. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, the, uh, it's just crazy that, I mean, yeah, like Kobe died in order for this to happen. Like, yes, Kobe was like, was, and is probably one of the greatest and somewhat argued the greatest of all time. Um, but it just, how soon this has happened to his card is, is pretty remarkable. Um, yeah, all the elements were there, you know, uh, that, that large of an event in, in the, uh, you know, not just in the card market, but in the world, not, not even just the sports world. Um, and then so shortly after that, you know, falling into the situation that we did as a world, everything just kind of lined up that way. And we were also reminded how important sports are, you know, when, when the prospect of having it taken away from us was presented to us. I mean, think back to how you felt, you know, I, I remember where I was, when they announced um, the issues with uh, the basketball players. Um, who was it? Uh, was it Rudy? Rudy Gobert. And I, Gobert. it was this week. It was literally, this, started. It, was, it was this week. There you go. So we're at, we're at a one year anniversary. They announced uh, Tom Hanks and his wife. Interestingly, we're, uh, we're the first celebrities to come out. And when all that news started piling on, I'm sure you recall that that feeling that you had where you're like, wait a minute, not only is life going to change massively, but all these things that we took for granted, all these things that we found solace in and pleasure in are going to be gone. We're not going to be able to see the Leafs. I try to see the Leafs at least once every year. I, saw, I, I try to see the Jays once every year. There's nothing better than heading down with no plan, you know, buying scalp tickets and 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 heading in there and having a great afternoon at the, yeah. at the park. But uh I think we got a dose of uh, just realizing how important these things are to us. You could say it's maybe it's an overreaction, but we want to hold it close to our chest. And 
and and we're just getting that reminder of how important all this stuff is. Now, the uh, the sale that you mentioned, by the way, the the the, the Doncic sale, also a reminder of you know private sales. I mean, most sales, most of your sales are private. I would imagine you're you're not necessarily doing the bulk of your business in an open uh, format, uh, like an open auction format or eBay. So many of sometimes our largest sales tend to be private sales. Um, I, I've known this to be the case for, for most, you know, larger entities in, in, in our, in our market, in our local market, uh, they tend to be private sales. I mean, we don't stop and consider that the numbers that we do see that are charted are, are available and, um, and out there. So, you know, that, that's another important thing to remember. And, uh, yeah, with that comes the, the opportunity for a type of manipulation, right? Um, because you're going to have to fact check uh, when it comes to some of these private sales when they come out like that. But I think that that one was very specifically put out publicly. Speaking um, of which, can we jump into real quick? Because you mentioned manipulation. How on Ken Golden's live, he talked about how he's not going to be uh, receiving any HGA or SCG. Oh, did I get that right? No, no, no. Uh, it's both CGS. CGS. Uh, yeah, I popped into that live um, just randomly. Um, I mostly just wanted to see him drink the Perrier. But oh. once once he got done with that, uh, he he got pretty real, got pretty raw. I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I watch all these things with an open mind, particularly when it comes to the tippy top of the industry and the market. Uh, you have to have very open mind you have to uh process things in the moment and consider the source um because i i don't know if it was you but but a few few other people as well just kind of chimed in letting you know that there's there are always connections and there are always intentions and there's always agendas but uh getting to what you just mentioned that part i found interesting and i and i I didn't have much of a problem with because it kind of made sense to me. If you look at any industry and there are market leaders like PSA and BGS and they've been around for so long and then here comes some new entries into the, uh, into the market, uh, particularly when it comes to certification, authentication and grading, uh, I think it makes sense that the reality is you have to give it a little bit of time. Uh, you have to give it some time to see how these companies are handling their business. Uh, what the market reaction is, uh, what the opinion is, um, the nitty gritty, taking a look at what they're doing, getting your hands on some slabs. And basically, he he rather flippantly mentioned that they're not going to be accepting uh, HGA or CGS cards at golden auctions. I think he mentioned for at least five years or something yeah. like 2024, 2025, uh, sticking with PSA, BGS, and SGC. Did he mention... Uh... And I, of course, I think I'm paraphrasing, but he briefly touched upon the fact that he knows that there's been some shill bidding happening with uh, with those newer companies, which uh, is a bit pretty interesting because like I've been watching HGA slabs like a hawk, as, as we've talked about. I mean, we've talked with Tyler Pitt. Um, I, I, we, we, I like his company. I, I think his model's cool. I think, um, you know, he's a good person first and foremost. And uh, I sent in four slabs. So I just wanted to know roughly like how the markets look. Um, yeah. I always want to know what's available and you know, what, what standards are, but um, there's a Tatis I'm watching base uh, rookie card, 
We're at uh, 365 for a So a non-chrome base or a chrome? Non-chrome base. Okay. And what, what's that going for in a PSA 10 comparatively? That's uh, a great question, but it's a HGA 9.5. Which is the equivalent of a 10, right? Kind of like the, is, it, does it say gem mint on the label? See, I should know these things, but. I, I can tell you in two seconds because I've got it. Let's, it's, let's it's, take a look at that real quick. Um, because tonight. That, that, that is something that pops up every once in a while that I find uh, both curious and frustrating that, you know. Oh, it says gem mint on it. Yeah, so. So a 9.5 gem mint HGA is the same as a 9.5 gem mint Beckett, same as a 10 gem mint PSA. Uh, a 10 at HGA is they've kind of used, a, I guess, like a proprietary name, which is flawless. Yep. And Beckett goes with pristine. Yep. SGC has a pristine as well. PSA does not have that gimmicked type of superior level where they are kind of saying, all right, here's a pool of gem mints and here are the best of the best. And then so the, right, the other companies that we're aware of pop in that want to put stickers on your slabs at that point. Um, as of right now, a PSA 10 base paper, 305. So you're telling me that there's a significant uh, premium for the HGA. Right now. Now we've got recency bias going on 100%. Um, I, you know, I really taken, I really underestimated the slab and the colors and the color match. I, I really did. Just because we have to remind ourselves a lot, right? And I, I'm sure, you know, you've got a younger brain than I do. If we take our brains out, you just, this is where you just the didn't cartel, want to hear it from me. You this know? is where you're the like, cartel loses his like, mind. You're like, screw this it's shit. Really like, dark. If we were like, to like, I don't hear about the, you're like, you I don't want to hear about fucking colors, man. Yeah, you're you like, can, colors. you can see this coming, right? Brendan knows me so well, but like, <laughs> if we removed the gray matter in our skulls. Brendan's would have like really like tight. It would be like really firm. Mine would be this mush. And the mush has trouble. <laughs> the mush has trouble like, uh, you know, enjoying something as simple as the color matching or like sneakers. Cause like I wear gray sneakers <laughs> and then I wear chucks. And, you know, Brendan probably digs like the crazy multicolored Yeezy jammy jams. Ironically right? enough, if you saw my, my, the colors of my shoes, they're, they're, they're out there, dude. They're oh, out. last time I saw you, I'm pretty sure those were some colorful shoes. Hey, listen, I had those back in the day, right? Because that's what was out there. And that's what all we were all wearing in, in the playground. But as I've gotten older and mushier, I'm very mushy, Brendan. Um, I, I just, I, it doesn't appeal to me, but just because it doesn't appeal to me, you know, you always have to remind yourself. And that's why it's good to have friends in the hobby that kind of tap you on the shoulder and say, you should be paying attention to this, even though you yourself uh, are not into it. Yeah. Um, so it, it didn't appeal to me in that same way that it immediately appeals to people when they see that color matching. And I get it. I get it. I shouldn't sleep on that. And it looks good. And people like it. And that's one of their biggest advantages and positives right now. Listen, I, I, I enjoyed talking to Tyler. I love how accessible he was. I promised I was not going to be too negative today. Um, there, you know, the other grading company I reached out, I, I reached out well ahead of time and they were receptive, but they just didn't have their stuff together and they missed an opportunity because the cartel would have loved to have I know, man. It's funny though because it's like it's like I had HGA in my corner, and you were like, "I'm gonna bring." A, a, yeah. What and, is and, it? And I, and I actually, I I believe in them as a grading company, but now I'm having second thoughts. Not not because they didn't play ball, but 
I'm just having second thoughts because of all these all these other elements which we're discussing right now, like the things that, that Kenny Golden mentioned and things like that. But uh, the other thing about HGA, so HGAs with their proprietary technology and, and being the first out the gate with this AI stuff, which we're going to see in the future, and we're going to see it even from PSA, um, we don't know the details about it. And they don't have to give us the details about it. And they have to be careful about giving details about it. So really, it's going to come down to the bread and butter, what's in the pudding, taking a look at the slabs and deciding. And I don't think, just to go back to Ken Golden, let's yeah. not, let's not put it out there hundred uh, percent that he said that there's show bidding going on. I think what he was implying is that there it's very, even without sitting there and giving me a solid example, it makes hundred percent sense to me that there would be an opportunity for a type of manipulation there where people uh, with vested interests would want to get things going a certain yeah. way yeah. And pump the market. It applies to everything. It yeah. applies to if a guy decides today that, a, a uh, you know, if a guy decides today that uh, a Paul Korea rookie card is what he wants to pump and there's a group of guys involved in it, they'll, they'll pump it and you'll see it. Um, yeah. PWCC and Probstein auctions. People talk about how they often finish above buy it now. Dude, how about um, we talk about the fact that they both sold the damn same card? There you go. So the the Brady the Brady last week, uh, I still I'm still trying to wrap. Dude, my it's brain. a different it's a different autograph. Yeah, and and that now I'm hearing about sending prospective buyers photoshops. I don't like any of it. I don't like any of the explanations. I love what card porn continues to do. I love how they stick their neck out there, man. Yeah, I know. Um, I think when you get to a certain size, you owe it to us to do that because sometimes I don't know about you, Brendan. I and look, we used to deal with a huge company, for example, Yeah, you and I, to go out there and really rage or put out honest thoughts and opinions, it, you are sticking your neck out. Yeah, man, because great. like you're, you're getting ready to, to have hellfire, you know, like. And, and as, as much as you can get, as much as I get angry at tops, I always remind myself there's plenty of people who enjoy tops and love tops and will go to bat. So anytime I post something negative, I notice, you know, some, at least one person will show up and try to be an apologist and say, actually, no, they're doing this, they're doing that. They're, they're, they're doing all right. And, you know, they're not realizing that personal experience drives all of this, right? You yeah, can tell exactly. me a million great things about tops. My experience has been fucking brutal. Yeah. Positive so and negative all day about how great they are. It's not going to change my opinion. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, so I, I can't sit here and like start to accuse anyone of anything, but I love that card porn is bringing the information to us and it's the usual sketchy shit. And again, I'm going to get myself into this negative space, but baseball cards, hockey cards, let me tell you something. I've spent so many years collecting all sorts of different things. This is why certain accounts on Instagram appeal to me. The ones that aren't just, you know, baseball and hockey cards, the people that do diversify and recognize the value of, you know, say comic books, magazines, yeah. Yeah. Um, all posters, all these different things that you can collect and present a different way and display a different way than just cards. Um, you know, I, and I've seen it all and I've been to all the different types of conventions and shows and I'm sorry, I'm going to put it out there. I, I know it's this blanket statement. Some people might say it's unreasonable, but the, the sketchiest stuff has gone down at card shows and in, and in card communities and in the card atmosphere, I've never had more people try to shortchange me than at a baseball card show. Really? Seriously. 
you know, like, and it's, it, it, to a lot of people, it's this game because it's, it's the, it's a hobby, right? Like, Oh, not a big deal. It is a big deal. It's a big deal when someone does it as their business. It's a big deal when there's big money involved. It's a big deal when you're trying to shortchange someone a hundred dollars on a thousand dollar purchase. Yeah. Um, and again, I've been around and I've seen it all, you know, in the early nineties, here's the reality. Grading started with a small group of guys. A few of them are still around. Kenny Golden was around at that time as well. He's a great guy. There's a big love fest going on for yeah. Golden. Right now. I don't, I don't want to break up the love fest, but if you break out Google and you do a little bit of research, there's some things to read. Um, I have no comment on that right now. That was a discussion from decades ago. I believe that people should be taken at, you know, what, what they're, what they're at right now and what they're providing and what he's providing the community and just being a rally point and jumping on lives all the time and being accessible. That is unbelievable. That is amazing. With his kids yeah. too. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's cute. Yeah. They're getting into it. Uh, recently I was watching a live and someone was like, uh, they asked his kid, uh, what, what would it take to, to, to get your whole collection? And he's like, I'm, I'm pretty sure $22 trillion. Oh, yeah. And, I, I watched that one, too, actually. So, uh, you know, yeah. It, but there were a lot of conversations a couple years ago. There were a lot of conversations a couple decades ago. And the conversation a couple decades ago was when the baseball card market, go figure that baseball leads the way, their baseball cards, um, was so on fire with Sosa, McGuire, Bonds. That is when grading exploded. And that is when a few people were making gigantic profits because people like Keith Olbermann, I keep bringing him up. I never see it again. And I don't know what the deal is there. People just don't want to discuss a guy like that or he's too political or something, but this isn't about politics. Olbermann was one of the biggest sale sellers on eBay. And he was one of the biggest resources for slabs because he was involved at an early point and he was a name. I bought slabs from him. He sure had a lot of 87 McGuire's and a PSA 10. He sure had a lot of Barry Bonds 87 tops and a PSA 10, and people were paying huge money. I'm telling you right now, I know it's crazy to think, but in 1997 and 98, the market was behaving very similarly to what we're seeing right now. It's just people weren't around, right? You were, you know, you were playing ball hockey. No, man, I was playing with Pokemon, bro. And real young, right? And playing with Pokemon. I mean, and even I was even really young, oh, but no, I was. Wait, 97? 97 wasn't Pokemon, I like. Yeah. See, I'm thinking, yeah, you're, you're probably pre Pokemon at that point. That being said, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm in the middle of high school and, and I'm starting to, you know, learn about business and buying and selling. And, um, you know, there are stories coming out that at the time, a lot of people involved were nefarious. And a lot of those 87 Donruss cards with the very tough black borders were trimmed. And who was to say otherwise, who was to, who was to check in on that at a time, you know, pre-message boards, pre-Instagram, pre-social media? There was a lot more flexibility and leeway for nefarious characters to be involved and get away with things. Yeah. So there's a large percentage of slabs floating around right now that are questionable. Um, and, and we're not even talking about the high-end stuff. We're talking about low-end at this point. Um, PWCC, PSA, they're involved in, I believe they're involved in federal investigations right now. Um it was all the conversation, blowout cards, and just amongst myself and other collectors constantly texting and sending information like, holy cow, Connor McDavid cards are involved now. And there were all these connections being drawn. This guy was meeting with this guy who worked for PSA and this guy and that guy. And we don't want to have these conversations. 
Why don't we want to have these conversations, Brent? Um, because it stirs shit up. And it doesn't make our stuff look good. That's true. And it doesn't make, you know, the hobby look good to all these new entrants. And uh, that's what we need. We need to rely on the new entrants that come from collecting. So just to loop it back to HGA, circle back as a very famous individual in the States right now likes to say, we're going to circle back, but I'm actually going to circle back. <clears throat> and I'm going to circle back to Tyler Hitt and people like him. These are collectors. Part of the community stepping up and creating new platforms, creating new companies. That's what's interesting to watch. Doesn't mean, you know, uh, uh, an experienced veteran like Kenny Golden is not relevant. He's the most relevant yeah. at this point. But man, photoshopped cards, two cards in the same serial number. It's not good. It's not good for anyone. Ironically, we started this conversation by talking about how you provide like this old, this old demeanor and, you know, I got the new age stuff and we just got like a, a 20 minute story that I guarantee 90% of our viewers have never, or listeners rather, I've never heard before. So not. fireside chat with cartel, man. Like you are dropping new shit on me. Whereas like I drop the new, new shit on you. You know, it's, it's perfect that, combination. That triggers the other shit. Exactly. Right? It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Almost as perfect as the fact that the, the MLB season is about to start. Woo. Um, my Woo. issue my issue with that, though, is I'm pretty sure the Jays are going to play in Buffalo again. If I had to bet on it, if I had to bet on it, at least for the early stages of the season, I think that they're going to be playing in Buffalo. Because we're just doing so badly in Toronto, eh? Is that what it is? I just we're don't think they're going to let them cross the border. I see. So, it's yeah, it's a lot of that, which the NHL kind of, you know, took care of with the way they organized so the division. The NBA shipped Mark? the Raptors to Miami. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, you know, there goes a head note. Yeah. You know, well, first of all, we're not doing anything in Toronto anyway. So big deal. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, this is exciting stuff. We're finally getting a full ish baseball season. I don't know. Is it confirmed? I'm, I'm, I have no idea. Well, we're certainly going to be getting more than the amount of games we got last year. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah that's, that's confirmed. Yeah. And so what's the, and so you mentioned this before we hopped on, Brendan, what's the big question here? I, yeah. So my biggest question is, you know, we've seen basketball prices skyrocket and we've seen modern basketball skyrocket. You know, we've got a bunch of guys in the, you know, early two thousands. We've got like price wise, yep. you know, early thousands, even price wise, we've got uh, variations selling for five digits. Um, I mean, at knowing that some of, if not the top, so the, for sure the top ever sale was a, a baseball card, but I, I'm curious to, to know which percentage of the top 10 are best or are baseball cards. That being said, is do we shorten the gap? You know, like our bass, our modern baseball cards, and I don't necessarily mean from the year 2020 or 2021, but do they get the same hype that let's say the basketball market got in the bubble? Because that that was pretty intense shit. Right. Does do, does base do baseball cards reclaim the throne? 
in this baseball card hobby. You know what I mean? Like it's literally baseball cards. You can show them a basketball card. card, You show them a Pokemon card. They'll call it a baseball card. Baseball Um, cards. Right. Cause that's, that's where it all started. And you got to wonder, um, uh, that's a question I've been hearing more and more and more. Is it, is this everything just going to be driven by basketball? Is it always going to be basketball that leads the way? Are the biggest price jumps going to be in basketball? Is basketball going to attract the biggest investors? You know, when, when Rob G purchased the mantle, it, it reminded me of pre COVID, you know, the, the last, the last expo, the, the fall expo that we had in Toronto, um, some of the biggest deals and some of the biggest buyers that were scavenging were looking for mantles. They were looking for 52 tops mantles. And a table near mine, uh, I think we actually witnessed a sale somewhere in the $35,000 range. It was obviously a lower graded mantle, maybe a, a, anywhere between a two and a four. I can't recall the details anymore. But, uh, you know, baseball cards, in my mind, were the thing that were always that was always driving demand. And again, this was one of those situations, same thing with the sneakers and color matching and, you know, all the things the kids love. I was kind of you know, more than kind of sleeping on basketball because previously it was all, it was the Honus Wagner sale, all, all, all sorts of, uh, all sorts of different mantles. Our boy Vegas Dave, he's the one that sold the trout that, that got me back into the hobby actually. And I say our boy very loosely because that guy, he's something else, but right. His trout sales actually what got me back into the hobby. I, and that, that was, yeah, that was some of the earliest news in, in this era, right? That was, that was one of the, the earliest big pops in, 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 in this era. And uh, so for that reason, I, I know that the potential is there. The things that I'm excited about are the personnel. We've been waiting for a roster of guys like these are exciting young superstars. Um, there's a language barrier to be broken that I, I think is being worked on and, and improving uh, in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, people may know that, that that's a big deal. Like if Vince McMahon is going to take someone and shoot them to the moon, it, you know, English is important. I think Rey Mysterio is the best example of a crossover superstar who who very early on mastered English. And that helped him. He he may not have been the big superstar he was if, if he couldn't have gotten himself completely out of Mexico yeah. in that way by being able to speak English. A lot of Japanese superstars now, that's something they face. So there is, there is that barrier, uh, the communication barrier, but you got to hope that there's people involved, agents and people around them that are helping out. But man, you've got, you've got this laundry list of exciting players. Uh, I think back to the playoffs. I think about that Acuna jump that he did when, when, when they won. Uh, Tatis is, is so colorful on the field. Uh, Vlad Guerrero, these are big names people want to see and they're excited about and that are great players. Otani, if he can, if he can pull off, you know, being that that two uh, that double threat. The minute, the minute you said Asian superstar, I was like, yo, like Shohei Otani. Do you, you remember? His- do you remember the hype when he first came into the league, man? Like, and that's international hype. And I think he was that the cover we, of 2018 tops. If we not get Soto, international hype again, Acuna. honestly, I think bas- baseball is is a prime market. I think it's absolutely. I think if that international hype starts coming in and, uh, you know, uh, people start buying, it's, I mean, look at your Otani right now, you know, like you've had that card sitting on eBay for like a year and no, nothing. Not a single offer for a year. And now I've had to increase the buy it now and I'm fielding a lot of offers. I don't know if I want to move it. It's a very low population, the Chrome update autograph. 
But, you know, that said, I, I had high hopes for Otani before last year's abbreviated season, and it was a flop uh, on, on a lot of levels. He just wasn't prepared to come back. The, the pileup of injuries, they're saying he looks good right now. Um, so, you know, a lot of home run hitters, like you mentioned, if we start seeing some big numbers, that, that's, that's what we want to see. 50, 60 home runs from Pete Alonso. Again, like, man, 50 home runs. I mean, he was flirting with 60 for a while, man. So Yeah, you follow the formula of what we saw back in the day with the home run chase, which, again, everything was artificially fueled. But even better, if, if we're avoiding those kind of issues and you've got Acuna. Hey, listen, who's to say uh, Lubob may not chase 40-40? You got some guys legitimately chasing 40 40. If you got some guys legitimately chasing 50 60 home runs, uh, Randy Rosarena, he's already committed to at least 40. Um, you know, you, it, it, this, he didn't say that. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yeah, Rosarena said, I'm, I'm going to hit at least 40 home runs. He said Absolutely. that? Absolutely. The guy's confident. Dude, I, if I didn't love him before, I yeah. certainly do now, man. He's committed to it. He's going to, I think he's going to pick up right where he did, uh, right off where he did with the, with the world series. Um, that's exciting. Uh, there's, there's a lot of great pitchers. I, I people completely sleeping on Shane Bieber's year last year. The guy was dominant. He almost won an MVP. He almost won an MVP. There was literal conversations about him winning MVP as a pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. We want to see some good rivalries. We want all those elements that we saw that think of all the, the potential I mean, who's, who's going to be the Sosa and Maguire? Uh, maybe, maybe Trout's going to step up this year and have one of his better years. Um, you know, you, you, you can pick from that list of guys that we've been talking about. Pick two of them. Maybe they're, they're going to be battling for the home run title. And all that stuff is going to be a positive. There's such great rookie classes the last few years, even into 2021, right? We're going to see how that all plays out. But the 2020 rookie class, I've been telling people that's going to explode 2019 is great. 2018 is great. Um, so the elements are there. We're going to see if, if that's what, what, what pops off. So I think a lot of intelligent investors right now are looking for the low serially numbered stuff, the colorful stuff. And we're going to start to see if those things start popping off at golden auctions or on eBay. Yeah. And that will be interesting to see. I think the potential is there. hundred percent. Yes. Almost as excited, exciting as soccer for me, to be honest. Sure. Soccer. Well, the big event, so the big event would be the World Cup. Are there other big events upcoming? Yes, sir. So we are on our way to the Champions League final, uh -huh. which will be taking place. For those of you who don't know, Champions League is, so every league, soccer league, teams come, you know, first through 15, 20, depends on how many players or how many teams there are. And usually either the top team or the top two teams of every league battle it out in this league of champions. Otherwise, every, known as every European, is it every European league? Every European league. Yes. And so they battle it out to see who is the top club in the world, essentially. And so like the year prior dictates whether you're in the, the next season's champions league, and then they battle it out in the group stages. And I think there is a total of 64 teams that participate, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, by the end of it, there is one victor. So, this is an opportunity for everybody who typically watches soccer. Actually, the Champions League final is one of the most watched uh, soccer events, you know, arguably sporting events there is. Um, so that's coming up, I believe, in May. And then come June 11th, the Euro is going to fire it up. 
And uh, the reason why I mention these is because I've been collecting soccer, watching soccer, um, watching the soccer market for quite some time. And sealed wax, specifically old sealed wax. So like we're talking 2006, uh, I think in the last six weeks has gone from $800 a box to 3,400. People are starting to dig in there. It, people, it's coming. And uh, I've seen a bunch of PSA 10 Messi's get really high up there. I think we're at 45,000 US for his rookie card now. Uh, I recently saw Ronaldo's rookie card closed for 900,000. Um, so, I mean, first of all, it's only European teams in the Euros. So when the World Cup does roll around. 900K for Ronaldo? I mean, that's a big deal. And no one's talking about it except I, I could be wrong, but isn't soccer unique in the sense that, you know, something that we were also talking about before we hopped on was, you know, kind of the, the variance, like when you want to be looking at vintage, when you want to be looking at modern, the interesting thing with soccer, I notice is that, you know, if there, if there's hype and stuff about current stuff going on, it still affects the vintage. It kind of all comes up with it. Yeah, well, because if someone's like, so for instance, Mbappe or Mbappe, or I mean, I can't, I still can't pronounce it. People rip on me all the time, but he, his, he's the, the Luca of soccer. He's the one that everyone's saying is going to take the place of Messi and Ronaldo. And so his prisms are on the way up. And as a result of that, it's almost like now everyone below like everyone who has been in the past to be like okay well if Mbappe is this price then uh Zinedine Zidane's rookie card should also go up because he's a French legend and like sure that's what I'm seeing right now and it's it's crazy to see everything kind of bump up there's a little bit of a modern there's still a modern bubble um because they're playing every day and they're scoring goals and they they, a lot of it is like look who I have you know what I mean like and look what I have and I mean, showing someone a Zidane rookie card versus a Mbappe in today's age, the Mbappe is probably going to get a lot more looks. Um, but I'm seeing a lot of vintage go up now. And I think by the time the World Cup rolls around, I think personally that stickers are probably going to be the primary rookie cards because stickers are what started in, in soccer. Like if we look at, I mean, the Pele documentary just dropped on Netflix a few weeks ago and the, he doesn't have cards. He has stickers, you know? So if we're talking about Pele is the, the greatest of all time. And if you're not saying Pele, you're probably saying Maradona and guess what? He doesn't have cards either. He's got stickers. Do you know what right. I mean? So the minute we go into this, this conversation of who is the greatest of all time, if Mbappe is on the way there because he's performing at such a high level now, we have to inevitably talk about stickers. And so yeah. I think the biggest thing to watch right now for soccer is going to be stickers. I think that, um, and I mean, not everyone's fond of collecting stickers, but we were talking, you were talking about alt investments and alt collectibles. And uh, I think diving into the sticker market has really opened my eyes to just like how cool alternate or alternative things can be, you know, like, it's um, I know that it, we are collecting cards for the most part, but as cartel was saying, like, don't sleep on the, the things that aren't cards, because if you're not collecting it, someone else probably is. And that's just how things are right now. Yeah. And a lot of what you mentioned is indicative of market sorting itself out. 
again, like even though the sport of soccer is incredibly old, it's and and there have been stickers or and, and cards for so long now. It's it's still relatively new. Oh, for you know, sure. Start because... to look at this kind of chronological. I mean, you know, and you know, UFC cards. I mean, that's that's brand new. It's a brand new sport. Um, pro wrestling has been around for decades. And it's starting to get some recognition now. And those cards have been around for a little while, but it's still, these are markets that are sorting themselves out. I think soccer is more in line with the other sports because there are seasons, there are recognized players. There's a lot more uh, strategic type of investing going on in the other fringe. But yeah. Cause I mean, there's like a tier system of like the great, almost, you know, like the greatest. Cause the, 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 the as you said before, UFC really hasn't been around that long, you know, like even re- like wrestling as a sport might have, but like pro yes. wrestling, yeah. it really, you know, maybe what the sixties, seventies, sure. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. And um, it's interesting, you know, with pro wrestling, it goes immediately to the legends in UFC. It goes immediately to people that are making headlines right now, which is a very tricky game. I mean, last night uh, we're recording here on a Sunday last night we saw, uh, you know, not the demise, but maybe the temporary demise. A lot of people have been buying a lot of uh, Adesanya stuff, bumping the road. I mean, he's still champion of his division. Uh, uh, MMA is very tricky in that sense. Anyone can win any single night. Investing is strange. Conor McDavid's numbers have, well, sorry, Conor McGregor's numbers have only come up while he's been losing. What? You know, I, 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 sold, I sold at a time he was winning, and I made three, four figures, and people are selling now, they're making five figures. Are they still up? Um, I haven't checked them since then, but I wouldn't be surprised because there, there's rumors right now about him being at WrestleMania. There's rumors about him facing Pacquiao for God knows what reason. So a lot of that, a lot, a lot of the fringe sports, it's about, you know, imagine there was a big article on Mbappe. I mean, it would blow up even more, right? You know, uh, if it appeared in some major publication or something. Yeah. So, you know, obviously exposure is, 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 a, is a big element with some of the fringe markets. That is um, wild. Then there's hockey where we're heading into the playoffs. We're going to start seeing some crazy things. We saw, you know, crazy things that we saw. Joel Farabee's were being sold on day one. Don't forget Dominic Kubalik, uh, Kubalik uh, last year in the playoffs uh, after his big performances. We're going to see some crazy bumps like that. We're going to see some teams face teams that they've not faced during the year because of the divisional system. Uh, series two is heading out eventually. Next week. It's coming out next week. People are going to be chasing. Who, who uh, are you targeting? Zaril. Who are you targeting? I, I don't know, man. Uh, Upper Deck has left such a bad taste in my mouth. I'm scared of rounded corners. I'm scared to open their product. I'm going to wait and see what people are, are, are pulling and, and what, what's going on. Pre-orders go up every week. I don't get it. You got a certain allotment of stuff. Next thing you know, you're charging more every week. I, I, I don't get that. Uh, pretty much. Are you seeing that it's pretty much the same price for a Series 2 box as it is a Series 1 box? I mean, yeah. I'm uh, I'm definitely going after Kaprasov, bro. That people will be chasing him big time, for he sure. Is nasty. And they they also announced the update series. Yeah, the update series, which I'm sure you've heard about. No. There's going to be a third release with updated young guns. I think some of them are going to be in the 0506 style. Really. So Upper Deck is adding a product there, which is smart. Should be add a product right now. Uh, now's the time to do it when the market yeah. is hot. That means Trevor Zegris is probably going to be in there. Yep. I think Byfield they're planning on putting in there. So 
Um, Tim there is that. I, I mean, I wish I could be more excited about modern hockey. I'm, I'm very excited about vintage hockey. I agree. See, this, but, and this is, but it's not, it's issue. not, a, it's not on fire, so to speak. It's not on fire. I agree. I think I, I, we're still in a lull. I think that there is a lot of, I think there's players that we hoped would take the next step this year that just haven't guys mm-hmm. like, uh, Pedersen. Guys like Quinn Hughes. We need a hot rookie to get out of the gate strong. Quinn Hughes, uh, you know, Laugh, Kako. You know, like if we're looking at top draft picks from the last few years, I mean, Jack Hughes looks great, but like his numbers aren't fantastic. You know what I mean? Better, right? He played better, but not on the level we were hoping. You know, you just and and I think that that kind of turns the average hockey investor off because like you got to sit on your that card for three years now before the player does you know the damage that you're hoping for. Whereas, you know, a top player in in baseball, I mean, if it's in flagship, then like that that guy's playing. You know what I mean? Like, and that guy's you know, there's a chance that he's playing pretty well, or he's like 22, 23 years old and like just hitting his prime. So it's very easy to collect a guy who you get to watch every day play well. But like if I'm, well, I mean, for instance, my girlfriend got me a Young Guns uh, 2019-20, I think it was Series 2 for my birthday, which is next week, by the way. And uh, just a, a mega box. <laughs> Slide that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> I rip, and I ripped it just in case anyone wants to send me uh, cards. <laughs> um, accepting cards. Yeah. Uh, and I ripped them and I ended up with like Nico Sturm and um, a, Got a lot player, of Nico Sturms player on the flyers that I can't even really pronounce. And I'm like, I, I, I know the guy you're talking about. And I'm like, it's going to be <laughs> a set in his name. Yeah. It's going to be or like three a or w? four. Two, both. Two, I think he's two. got it. I think he's got like a Z Y and a W if I'm not mistaken. Probably. And I'm like, uh-huh how it's like four or five years or three to four years before I see these guys actually play to their potential. Do you know what I mean? That's hockey for you. Right. Um, I I, I mean, mind you in a lot of ways, I mean, basketball, for example, is not that much different. Their rookie classes. I mean, last year it was. You're pulling rookies out of hoops and stuff. There's a lot of, there's a lot of rookies and not all of them are going to pan out. Yeah. But even like the NHL at all, like if you look at series one, who, yeah. who is notable right now? Yeah, I know. I know where you're going with it. Nobody. Sure. Absolutely sure. no, and not maybe, a single person. Maybe two, three years, we're going to pluck out a couple more. You're right. But that's what I mean, right? So, like, yeah. and even if we go back to Series 2 last year, how yeah. many of those players are actually playing well? Like, yeah, Nick, there was a lot of hopes Nick, for certain Nick guys. Suzuki, you know? Yeah, there was hopes for guys like Zadina and stuff like that. But, yeah, no, for sure. You get what for I'm sure. saying? Yeah. So, like, if, if I'm buying a box – I want that guy to be playing and then the market, like then we get to, then we start, you know, getting excited and I'm like, I want to buy another box. And then, you know, like, but if the guy isn't playing well or, you know, takes a few years in the minors or whatever the case may be, then now that's, there's the issue. Now you're losing people like you are losing potential new people. All those people who had no idea what's what hockey was all about before, the season started that we're joining breaks and super excited to pull laughs. If I'm yeah. one of those people and I knew nothing about hockey and I pulled a laugh and I look up his stats today, right? I'm probably not going to buy. Yeah, what, what you're describing, we haven't had that since 16, 17, and uh, and that was well before the boom, and that was well before 
there were more eyes on it. And that was well before breaking. And that was well before, you know, that that's, that's the thing basketball had going for it was that 1920 release class. But they also had the 18 with Luca and Trey, you know what I mean? So you had the residual from that even pre-lockdown and then you had 1920 and it just took it over the top. And even football benefited with the last few years of rookie classes. Baseball, that stuff people wanted to break. I think in baseball, there's only been a couple missteps, you know, like 19, uh, sorry, 20 series two and update were, yeah. were missteps. Yeah. Uh, Tops could have organized that differently in my opinion. Um, but uh, th- those were big advantages that hockey didn't have. If we had a rookie class in 2021 that came out gunning, man. And I think, I think we so wanted that. Yeah. And it was almost artificially created with the Nick Suzuki stuff because he had not gone on the ice very, very much this year. By the time his card was selling for ridiculous price, that was equaling, you know, man, I just, I always bring it back, but Jonathan Huberto was selling for peanuts at the same time that these guys were selling for hundreds of dollars. Look at what Huberto is doing with, with his season. And it, what you couldn't have predicted that just basically looking at the guy's career Barkov, and saying he's healthy, you know? give him a healthy year. Um, but yeah, we, we, we've, a lot of people fell into that. It they were so seemed- desperate to say, yeah, the, no, the 1920 rookie class is, is, is fantastic and Suzuki. And, and, and I think we were trying to catch some of that, trying to catch it, some it of that. Takes, uh, uh, it takes hockey a little bit more research that I, than I think a new collector is willing to put in. Yeah. So you logically know? you might think vintage might be the way to go. And we saw that initially with Lemieux and Wah, a lot of other guys that in my opinion, deserve to be in that class of player. You know, the Steve Eisermans. And so um, here's where I turn it back around. I think that when circle the, around, when circle. the play, um, this is going to be the, it's going to be circling around. It might even circle be the title of this podcast, to be honest. Circle back. The, I think that once the playoffs hit, I think then we're going to start seeing modern, but also you're going to start seeing vintage come back. I think yeah. it, as a whole, hockey is, is a standstill right now. I don't think there's much movement. I mean, aside from the, the Matthews and McDavid always gradually two, creeping the big up. Two, the big two. Aside from those two, I think the general market of hockey, and although like I'm making sales constantly and I see some, some prices go up and some prices go down, it's not the same bump up that we've seen across every other sport. I think once hockey and – Mark my words, if the Toronto Maple Leafs make it past the first round, <laughs> I think I think all hell is going to break loose. I think Don't jinx anything, man. I'm not. I'll, I'm saying if. I said if. I didn't say it's going to happen. I just said if it does. And, and Matthews now gets to another tier. Matthews and Marner get to another tier because that's what's going to happen. It's like a notch on their belt. I think that's going to be enough to be like, okay, if Matthews is this expensive, like now the old collectors are like, all right, like then Juan needs to be more expensive than Madano, then Patrick Kane. I think Patrick Kane is slept on as a young gun, to be honest. So if you're going to take 100%. one thing from this, pro- if you're going to take one thing from this podcast, 100%. It's that the uh, PSA 10 Patrick Kane is low pop and it's That's- slept on because he's arguably the greatest American hockey player of all time with his three cups on the Chicago Blackhawks. That is important information. So, honestly, I think that everything's going to come together if there's an entertaining playoff. 
if we can have big players in the second and third rounds, and it's not just the like Tampa Bay straight to the cup, then we'll be good. I think we'll see big fluctuations during the playoffs like we did last year. And then when that's all said and done, kind of like what you're saying, like, and I hope uh, there will be a little bit of market reorganization, a lot of looks again uh, into the vintage market. Nostalgia is only building. More people are coming back into the market. Um, Imagine for one second, Matthews and McDavid meeting in the second round. An event like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's what we've been missing, right? Because these guys don't play a lot in the playoffs. And they are the faces of the NHL. When it comes down to it, it's McDavid, it's Matthews. That's it. I, I think there's a steep drop-off of it. People can talk about McKinnon. I think there's a steep drop-off. Me too. After those young men. Marner is in the mix, kind of being a, a messier to Matthews Gretzky. I can't believe I just said that. Some hey, people I mean, it is. Slap it inside the head for it. I mean, but, uh, we want to put it into layman terms, you know? Man. Right, exactly. Right. It's got to simplify. Got to simplify. Exactly. So, Cartel, let's talk a little bit about fitness. And I know I just threw you a curveball here, but uh, we're going to go off the cuff because that's how we roll for the most part. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about healthy habits. And I know we talk about this frequently, but if we were going to eliminate, you know, drinking lots of water, getting up and doing your regular push-ups, even going for a walk, you know, now we've gotten to a point where let's say I've implemented all these things into my life and I've been seeing nice results. What would you suggest someone should do? Let's say even this equipment wise, you, is it, is it now time if you haven't gotten equipment to get equipment or well, a lot of people are going to be in a tight spot there because they're going to be saying to themselves, Oh, maybe things are going to be opening up. And there's so much. And that's what I, I, we can even debate this. I mean, again, our, 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 our podcast here is being watched by people other than just those in Toronto. There's such a variance in uh, what's open and where. Um, there are people right now working out in a gym right now. To you and I, that's a dream. But they're, they're doing it right now in, in various parts of Canada and the States. Um, it, in my opinion, it, it's always valuable having stuff at home. Um, so if you are in an area where things are fairly open and it's not impossible to get dumbbells, get them now for sure. I think if prices are starting to come down, man, a couple so. months ago, it I was know. ridiculous, but I think it's takeaways from what we went through, right? In, in case this ever happens again, or maybe we've learned that we can work out at home. I'm certainly learning that have that equipment, at, at by least, the way, at least as a, as something to supplement what you do, right. like when, when let's say the, per, the world is perfect and there's nothing, you know, you yeah. can go and do whatever you want. No restrictions. Like, yeah. don't yeah. you want to have that option there? And I'm, I'm sorry to load the question, but like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's very easy to have bands at home. It's very easy to have a Swiss ball at home. It's very easy to have medicine balls at home. It's very easy to have kettlebells. I don't know what you, your, I think you have a bunch of equipment. I've always had, you know, I've, I've got a pair of 20. Yeah. you got the equipment. I've got a pair of 25 pound dumbbells. I have fat grips. If, if uh, you know, there are situations where I want to make them a little bit more challenging. If people don't know fat grips, just make the grip thicker, which is yeah. a lot difficult to deal with uh, activates more, more muscle, muscle fiber. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, people should be looking at that and basically getting creative with their space and maximizing it for sure. Um, 
but importantly, what you were saying, it, it's kind of like maybe maybe people are at that point where they're like, listen, I've taken some of the coaches' uh, advice, or I've just been you know a self starter. I'm seeing results. Um, don't get complacent. Sometimes when you start seeing results, you say to yourself, I can fall back into bad habits. You find out very quickly how easily and quickly you can you can degrade after having made progress. Um, always set the bigger goals. If we go back to cardboard, right? You're always building your collection. You want to move this card, pick up the better card and keep moving up. Um, that's, that's how you got to treat it. You know, if you start to see that the weight's coming off, how about we shoot for a little definition? If you see the definition coming in, how about you shoot for, for some more muscle, you know, um, and always just keep stepping up. I know I'm speaking your language right now. How did you just bring that back though, bro? Well, you, you brought that. I was good. Honestly, it was perfect. Cause I feel like I just threw something at you and, uh, yeah, yeah no, mean, but it's a real thing. It's, it's, it's a real true. thing. It's true, think, man. You gotta, you gotta find a way to continually like yeah. aim for something or you stand for nothing. If that makes sense. It's getting warmer. Summer's around the bend. How do you want to look? Right. Um, how about this one? Ooh, I'm going to hit real close to home here. Let's do it. There are more people than ever doing what we're doing right here, putting themselves out there, creating content. We're looking at your, you know, we're looking at usually just from, you know, your waist up, but you want to look good for your, your IG lives. Do you want to look good for your content? I'm not saying anyone doesn't because we are all unique flowers. Yes. And we are all pretty unique flowers. Um, I don't need everyone to look like a fitness model. In fact, I'd really hate that. We'd all hate that. We'd jump off a balcony. <laughs> I don't need people. You know what? I don't even necessarily need you to get a haircut. I certainly can't get one myself. But yeah. hey, maybe for yourself and your own sense of self-satisfaction and, and pride, um, I'm being very careful here, you know? You're, 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 you can say to yourself, maybe you're someone who just started out and it's building. Um, maybe, maybe that motivates, right? The okay. fact that people are more eyes are on, are, are, are on uh, people making this content. Um, if those are people that want to make changes in their lives, that's a great motivation to do so. There's, there's, this is completely ridiculous story, but um, on YouTube, there's this channel called like active self-protection. <laughs> where this guy he's he's like a gun range guy i think his name's john or mike bob insert um, insert uh you know miscellaneous yeah but we're getting to a point right name here. We're getting to a point he he plays videos of like off-duty cops in brazil like <laughs> shooting you know robbers and rapists it's incredible and then he breaks it down it's a hugely popular channel this guy's been posting over the last few years you're watching this guy lose weight and get fitter throughout all his video postings. And you go into the comment section, people are like, yo, keep it up. That's amazing. Like, oh, we've literally watched this guy over the course of, obviously, look, he started putting up this content. And I bet you, unfortunately, there were some nasty negative comments. The guy seems good enough and confident enough that he probably didn't care. But maybe one day kind of clicked into himself like, you know what, um, I'm getting popular. I'm making money. I'm, I'm being successful. I want to enjoy it, man. Like you and I, especially from the company we came from, we didn't need the company to guide us on this. We just knew that, especially with the people we were dealing with, it was yeah. like, you've got a lot going on for you. You've got a lot of positive things. You've got family, you've got business. Do you want to enjoy these things? Why are we not paying attention to the meat vessel that we're in 
that we have to deal with during this ride. I mean, and you're going to have millions of dollars in, in, I mean, like thousands, hundreds of dollars yeah. in assets. What are, are you, you going to do with that money if you, if you can't, if it hurts to walk and it. Are you going to enjoy time with the kids, with the grandkids? Are you going to enjoy the fruits of your labor? Are you going to be healthy? Are you, are you, do, do we want to be broken down uh, in later years after all that hard work? And, and, and it's, man, it's not a huge sacrifice to get yourself to that satisfying position where you put yourself, you put yourself on a pedestal, you put your health on a pedestal so you can enjoy all of those elements. Um, Kenny Golden is kind of, he's in good shape. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I was actually noticing that, dude. Yeah. Because in, that being said, a lot of the times he seems a little tired. Of course he is. The guy's working his ass off day and, and has night. has two young kids. He's got kids, got a family. And can you imagine the the elements and the, and like the small details of running the type of business that he does. I used to sell for some of my buddies on eBay and it's like people that are doing PSA submissions are very quickly finding out right now. It's a lot of work. Now, how about you multiply that by a hundred? Um, start and getting, the, and the stakes are way higher, man. Let start me tell getting you. Employees involved. Right. And by the way, the stress, um, you know, like you want to start talking about heart attacks and things like that. And again, Kenny gold for his age, is in fantastic shape and that's great. And the, 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 the water drinking, I think I pointed out several uh, uh, influencer accounts where they're drinking water and just such a simple little reminder to people like, cause, cause look, there's a lot of sway. The, the kids these days are looking up to these guys. Yeah. And uh, so their behavior is important here. I think that's why it's important for us to always be throwing in these fitness thoughts. Cause we want to remind people that um, the hobby is so much more enjoyable if you have the energy, if you're in good shape, um, if you can, when shows start up again, Brendan, you, you know, I have no doubt when you do your first show, you're not going to be like a lot of people who've done shows with me previously who are like, man, my back, right? You're going to be in great shape. You're not going to miss any sales and you're not going to miss any deals. And you're not going to be on top of the ball because you're not going to be half, half the time thinking to yourself, my back hurts. And then sitting or having to go take yeah. a time out. Again, we shouldn't be dealing with that till we're in our 60s. Agreed. Right? So, end rant on that one. I love it, man. See right? that? Fantastic. I think we hit the bullet points there. Boom. Now, now someone's going to say cartel, cartel wants only good-looking, ripped people to be doing content. Somehow, some way, I don't think that's going to happen. Guys, as, as a little teaser, and if it doesn't happen, you can call me out on it, but... We may or may not be having someone very special as a guest in the next few weeks. So please stay tuned to both of our Instagrams. The link is in the bio. Like, subscribe. Do not forget to share this because it is going to be a doozy. All right, team. That's all we got for you today. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, rest of your week. Coach Co out. May you buy all your grails and do all your push ups. Peace out.